So the verse I picked was Psalm. Sorry. Psalms 139, 23 through 24. Um, Kim asked me a while ago if I would teach something or share with you guys a verse this summer. And so I'd already been thinking about this one because this one is very special to me. <laughs> and so um, when she came to me last minute, that's why I got changed on Saturday or Sunday <laughs> to this one because she wasn't able to come. Um, and so I'm going to read it. I like the King James Version. It's new King James Version. Um, my grandpa was a pastor for, for many years, and that King James Version was the only version. And so I just got, I really like that one. So anyways, it is, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any way, any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Um, the, you like this one better? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, when I was in Uganda, uh, it's been many years. My nephew was three months old when I came back, so it was about 15 years ago. <laughs> I lived there for four and a half years. And my very first year was the most trying year up to that date that I had ever had. Um, I went to a small town called Hoima um, in, um, in Uganda, and I uh, went there planning on teaching children. That was what my assignment, or at least I thought what my assignment was at first, and then when I got there, um, there's another lady that was supposed to come with me, but she was two months behind me. So I waited two months and then she came. Well, she had been told she was going to be working with the children also. And so I ended up working with women. And at that point, I did all kinds of things. I mean, I was going to school to be a teacher and I had taught Sunday school for many years. I had never worked um, with women. And so I was really nervous and, um, and I started really getting into it. I know that God had prepared me beforehand, um, when I had gotten there, but I had gotten some groups going and things were going really well. And then the lady that I was with really was not having a good time. She was much younger than me. She, she wasn't a go-getter. She didn't know how to just go out there and and find groups and make groups, and that's what we had to do. And so she kind of took it out on me a little bit in uh, our situation. Plus she was lonely, she, she needed to have groups of people that she already knew. And so my time there was cut short. I, I, I wanna say that I was there for eight months, and I was so disappointed in, um, we, I ended up moving to Kampala, which is the big city, and we found a place for me. I started working with small groups, but during that time, I was so, so disappointed, and somebody, one of my mentors there had shared with me Psalms 139, and I read through that many, many times, and like 7 through 12, it 
it talks about how we cannot escape God's presence. God's everywhere. He's, you know, he sees everything. Um, and then in Psalms 139, 13 through 18, it talks about how God has his eye on us. Even before we were born, he had his eyes on us that he saw us when we were being made. Um, and he was watching out for us. And that, that verse, it was just, I mean, these verses were just like balm to my hurt because I was so hurt that I had to leave these people that I was growing to love. Um, and I know they loved me too. They gave me a chicken head. <laughs> that was a delicacy. I didn't think so, but they thought it was wonderful or that it so special to be able to give me a, a chicken head. <laughs> um, anyway, so just reading those, it just made me realize how much God does love me. And these last verses, these are the last two verses in that, um, in that chapter anyways. And I learned to pray that often, not even, or not just when I was hurting then, but now, um, search me and know my heart. It was just telling me that, you know, I could just let God in and he can see where the, the hurt is, where the, um, where I'm wicked <laughs> is, and he can help me to grow better. Um, so um, that's why I, I just think these verses were so important, and I read them often to remind me that I need to make sure that I'm walking where God wants me to, and also to know that he is with me. No matter if I'm, you know, straying off, he can help me pull myself back together. Um, I read this. It said, God is the only judge who judges our hearts correctly. So he's the only one. I mean, other people can see you and see what you're doing, but they're not going to, um, they don't know every circumstance and what, why you're on this path or what you're doing because they can't see it all, but God can. And so he knows exactly where you're at. Um, I know that times you, we, we like to look at other people and say, hey, you know, they, they can keep their house really clean. How come I can't get my house clean? And, and that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah that's, it just reminded me. <laughs> um, I was remind, or I was, or I was thinking about that the other day. There was a lady that I don't even know where I saw it, but she was, they were talking about, um, how, we as women like to judge each other and and we like to look at each other and say, hey, well, how come I can't keep up with this person? This person here has just such a perfect life. Um, cause, but we only let people see what we want them to see. And there was a good example that somebody was doing an Instagram thing where she, she had a little girl and she had her dressed just perfectly for the beach. She was all really nice and neat. She had her hair done just perfectly. The mom came or brought her to the beach, had laid out a blanket um, really nicely, put her on, on the blanket, took a bunch of pictures, um, was on her phone doing whatever, probably posting them, and then she picked the little girl up and they went home. So, and then she was posting about how they had such a fun time at the beach, but they really didn't. It was just a photo shoot. And that's exactly what we do. We've, we look at other people and see just the perfect moments, and we don't always see um, what really happened behind the scenes. Um, 
Um, he alone knows us as we are and understands our true thought and motives. Um, just like when we read the story of Cain and Abel, we don't know. Um, it's it's hard to say, hey, well, uh, which one, which offering was better? Because they just talk, you know, he talks about how he was of the field and he brought fruits and or vegetables to God, and Abel brought the best lamb in with no blemishes, and and God saw that Abel was perfect. Um, his offering was perfect, and then he rejected Cain's. But God does say in there that he looked at the heart, and the heart was the problem, not necessarily the offering. Um, Cain's was not the best, but Abel's was. Um, uh, I w when I was studying for... I'm going super fast, sorry. <laughs> um, when I was preparing for this, this one was a hard one because pretty much... Um, you know, when you look at the different verb, they tell you to look at the different verbs and, and check them out in the dictionary and find them. Well, they're pretty straightforward. And so um, I was having trouble with that. So I started listening to this lady, and she was talking about <clears throat> these verses. And she said it kind of goes with John 15, where he's talking about how I am the vine. Um, uh, and you are the branches um, and how he cuts off any that doesn't need to be there and I thought about that and I thought yeah that's true when we ask him to search our heart and know us and lead us into everlasting um, how does it go lead me in the way everlasting we're asking God to cut off those pieces that are dead and, and are not good and um are dying or are wicked, whatever it is that um, he sees, and it's kind of like our garden. Um, I I love to garden, <laughs> not very good at it, but I've learned that I can grow geraniums really well. And I always thought they were the ugliest plants. When you go to the plant fair, that they were just so ugly because you just see little bits of flowers here and they're all yucky there. And, um, William bought me a geranium two years ago and I didn't know how to take care of it so I got online and I was looking and it was talking about how when as soon as the flowers start to die you need to cut it off and it says that it will help produce more and I struggled with that because you don't want to cut anything that looks pretty but I, I started cutting off here and there and, and then I got cutting even more because I mean there was more coming out and and the more I cut, the more it grew beautiful. I mean, my geranium was so pretty. Now, every year since then, I have a geranium because they look so pretty because they get so full of flowers, and that's kind of the same way. We need to ask God from time to time or every day, hey, search us and tell us what we are doing that you don't like so we can cut that out or help us cut that out because then we grow bigger and beautiful and um and so I liked that my roses I do the same thing with, but they don't turn out as quite as pretty. <laughs> um, so um, was there anything that you got from these verses? Like, 
rushing through. I'm so nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> you turn out like the geraniums at Home Depot instead of the ones that are in your yard. <laughs> Anybody else? Um, I also um, thought of it in a different way too because I do ask God to um, like I said I pray this often. These verses are up on my wall. I, to pray it because sometimes I get down on myself and think well I'm the one that it's at fault and I should you know what can I do better and then I realize it's not me um, I need to just pray for the person or other people that are around me that are doing something that I'm doing okay God's reassured me that so it's good to test because you sometimes you can get into that whole funk about well what should I be doing maybe I'm the one the problem or I'm doing something badly, but sometimes God says, no, you're doing okay. Just keep going and pray for those people that are making you feel that way. Because I tend to get on myself. I am a type A person really bad too, but I've learned to let it go a little bit, but then sometimes I let people walk on me and, and make me feel bad when I shouldn't. So it can go both ways. Learning to say no is one of the most important blessings you can get. Mm -hmm. Because we can't always say yes to everything. No, but we want to. We do, we do, <laughs> and we want to be pleasers. Yeah. But I learned that when I was teaching and had the two girls, and, you know, we were so we are involved in the church and involved in Girl Scouts and the band, and I mean, it just got to the point where you couldn't do it all. Walk with God or investing time with my family because 
I said yes to this thing. Is that where God's calling my attention or not? And, yeah. mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need some peace and quiet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sit and listen to God. Mm-hmm. You know, or time to read the Bible or read our devotions and things like that. Mm-hmm. We need some quiet time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I know the older I get and retired, you know, you have more time for that. I, that was one of the most important things I wanted to do was to say yes to the things I really wanted to and I needed to be involved in and no to the others. You know, the world that we live in now, not being busy is looked down upon. Mm-hmm. Like you're lazy or something. But mm-hmm. just because I don't keep my house on or, you know, three by five cars anymore doesn't mean that my house is just means that I have thankfully, not completely, but thankfully, mostly matured and realized that there's other things that might be more important than a little bit of dust. Especially this green dust. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I live with Wendy, I've got four dogs, three cats now, the last two, but whatever. But I was filling my life with busyness. Because I thought that's what you do to look like you're being successful at life. But eventually, it just all starts spilling over. And it's like, you're not doing anything really well. You're running from one thing to the other. You're not really spending any time. And I was, you know, on the outside, it would look like, yeah, I'm going to the Girl Scouts. I'm taking kids to band. And I'm going to dance. What a great mom. I wasn't spending any time with them. I was taking them to all their places. Hurry, 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 we're gonna be late. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And then give them, let's get our homework done, let's have dinner, and get in the shower, and go to bed. What time was I really spending with them? But on the outside, it was like, oh, yeah, super mom. Mom, there is no such thing. I mean, we can all be good moms, we can all be good spouses, we can all be good friends, but none of us are super. We have our moments of maybe some super stuff. We can't be that all the way. It's just not sustainable. And I think that's why I got so sick. I gotta tell you, when I went through this, I mean, you wouldn't know it now, but I weighed 82 pounds. Didn't even have periods anymore. And I wasn't anorexic. I just was never taking the time to eat. I was busy, busy, busy. I had it, had it, had it. You know, hubby was working all the time, so I had to do to make sure the kids got everything was done. You know, and I look at, you know, once in a while I'll check out Instagram or whatever because Leslie and my friends are on and I look at some of these folks and the way they portray what their life is like. And I'm thinking, no way. That is not reality. And the longer you think it is, you're going to get sick like I did. And it took a long time to get well. A long time to get well. Physically, it did me. Spiritually, it did me. Even though I was at church all the time, ladies' ministries all the time, I was doing all of that, but I wasn't doing anything for my own walk or for my own sanity or for any other purpose other than to make everybody think that I could handle it. And when I see young moms and whatever getting into that kind of, I mean, I don't want to nag them or anything. You're going to find out somewhere. Look back and go, you know, I should have probably sat on that floor and played with the kids rather than filming. 
well, be thankful. It's clean. Because it didn't connect with me. Then maybe that wasn't so big a thing. It's not like I threw it in the hospital. I mean, we have to take time for ourselves and listen about the quiet. And I'm still, I think maybe try to tell some. And sometimes when life gets super hectic like that and I've got too much on my plate and little things start getting to me, that's when I know, hmm, I went over And then I have to just kind of step back down for you and say, Lord, okay, I did it to myself. What do I need to do now? You know, help me prioritize more of the time. I think one of my blessings was being a teacher. It was, it was my calling. I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I loved it. I mean, almost every single day that I taught for, you know, 35 years, it was wonderful and I loved it. But, I had every weekend off. I had holidays off. I had summers off with my girls. And we did have fun. You know, we would sleep in, we'd go to swim lessons, we did things together, um, we played. You know, if there was if their room was a mess one day, we'd clean it up another day. And my husband was wonderful. Being a police officer, he worked a lot, he worked a lot of off duty. But when the girls were little, got me a house clean and twice a month she came in and just cleaned everything so you know what I just didn't wor really worry about it. we picked up the best we could we enjoyed life you know we in the summertime we had the pool we were sure all the time listen what I was going to say but but it, it was really nice and I was so blessed to have the summers off with because, you know, so many of their friends would be going to the summer camps and the daycare, and yeah, that was a lot of fun. They got to do things, but, but we went to the library. We went to swim lessons. You know, we went to the movies. We had sleepovers. I remember one time, Annie's birthday was in the summer, and, we, and I said, well, invite everybody you want because people will be on vacation in June. And, you know, we'll probably have a small group. We had 16 kids. <laughs> Um, enormous pool, an enormous two-story house. They still talk about how much fun they had that sleepover. It's just like, you got to take time for the fun. And I, I was blessed because my mom was like that. She just, you know, if, you know, there was something that didn't have to be done, she'd sit down and read with us. My dad read with us all the time, too. We played games. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money when we were kids, but we always had fun. We were always with the relatives, playing games, you know, having potlucks, and, and I was very fortunate. That's how we were brought up. And you were always part of the church, and so it was, it was neat. But I think back and enjoy all the time, you know, that I had with the girls. You know, because those days go so quick. Oh my goodness, she loved it, and you know, Andy's gonna be 36, and Nick is 38. It's like, oh my goodness. But we had lots of good times. And see that kind of. Discussion is good for younger women to hear and younger couples to hear. But it's not the end of the world if you don't do everything that you think everybody wants you to do. You have one family and you have one go around. Yep, yep. That's it. And I look back and I feel bad. Yeah, I lived in a great 
we would walk in after school and we had a living room and dining room, which we hardly ever used. And I said to the girl, don't walk on those vacuum marks. No more fingerprints on the tables, at least for a couple days. Of course, we didn't live in those rooms anyway. We lived in the kitchen and in the family room and in bedrooms. But yeah, Mike was very smart about you know getting somebody. He said, you know, some of the guys that work in the top knot, you know, their wives had clean ladies, and man, that made a difference. And I've had a clean lady, you know, most of our married lives since then. I have Nancy now, and she is wonderful. Oh my goodness, she comes in once a month, and everything is beautiful, and no fingerprints, and no little pet paws. <laughs> his mother's house, and several of the elderly folks at the church. Everybody, oh, get her to do it. Her house is always popping. So not only was I doing mine, I was doing it for me too. Oh, oh wow. From the time, I remember taking Crystal in a playpen, and she's in the playpen of life in her house. Plus a full-time job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it just isn't doable. You know, and now I look around my place, but we live close to each other. And there isn't a day that I can honestly say my house is totally clean. It just will never happen. It's like cares. It's like it's funny because God put me someplace where I can never get like that again. Because yeah. it is never going to happen. We got clean mud, we got wind, and we were everything else. We had a dirt devil go through our place that oh, went yeah. through the horse troughs, and I had just cleaned my windows outside. And you could hear the rocks as it goes by. The whole house is dusty, but it went right through our property and ended up across the street and over there. And I'm like, the thing that was like, we always hold ourselves to that level of perfection, but nobody else really cares. Yeah. And so, no. God doesn't either. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hold us to that level. Mm-hmm. He knows we're not perfect. He made us. Yeah. It was just recently. I know why you need to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> usually open our windows very often William gets or starts to sneeze and it hurts his chest so because he has a lot of allergies so we don't usually open our windows but we opened our windows uh, just probably about a month ago and he left the kitchen one open and when I came um, out from our room that morning there was a, a really thick you couldn't even see the windowsill it was just brown because yep. of all the dust window and then of course all in our sink and yeah, that's the beauty of living in the country yeah. right uh, I living in town too I yeah. will say yeah. 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 I do know how lucky I was when I had my light furniture remember when all the old was popping and everything and then I got tired of that and went to all the dark beautiful yeah. furniture that really shows which shows every bit of dust there ever was oh it's the best yeah that's a show <laughs>
Darling, I love she listening to her. Smart, smart she um, goes to your school. Yeah. Yes, and we're doing summer school or summer camp for the month of June, and she's been going, and so she's just fun to hear her opinions. <laughs> so today, because I am helping her make a quilt for her mom for her birthday, and it's a surprise. So her mom called, and she says, "I'm out of drum lessons. What do you do for her?" She's forty. Lovely for her. Mm-hmm. She loves it. So, you know, I don't mind being in the house. So I said, well, your mom's going to swim by, pick you up, and then you're going to go to swim. So get your little unicorn, you know, plot thing out of grandma's closet. Okay, grandma. So I got my back to her, and I'm trying to, you know, continue sewing. I can't find it, grandma. I said, it's on the floor in the corner where all of your shoes are. I can't find it. So, so I get up and I go over and I find that on top of where her shoes are, there was a JC Penney bag because I had bought some tennis shoes the other day. Left the bag in the closet. It was covering up where her shoes were. And do you think she'd pick it up and move the JC Penney bag and look underneath it because she knows all of her shoes are from there. So. If I told you that I had put a ten dollar bill in that closet, you would have torn that closet apart looking for that ten dollar bill, wouldn't you? She goes, well, Yeah, that's not mine. That's what I paid for those flip flops.
That just brings us back to the verse. Exactly. <laughs> we need to be praying that God will search us and let us know that. Because we don't always think that. I studied a lot on this one last night. So it was like, I like these verses. And God through. forgives us, so we should forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there are certain things that haunt us. Like, why did I do that? Why didn't I do it differently? And it's like, it's in the past. God has forgiven me. I can and move on, move on. Remember today is the present. It is a gift to us. And we need to remember that. I can enjoy today. We ask him to search us so he can see that we have a con- contrite heart. <laughs> yes. That we're, we are sorry that we did those stuff. We're willing to change if we're willing to change. And if we can learn from our mistakes. And that's what young people have to discover. Mm-hmm. You know, Learn from it and go ahead because nobody's perfect except for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, but so much of the social media, oh my goodness, the pressure they have on the kids today. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. And the mean girls and the mean boys. And it's, it's a tough world. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to learn to be gentle with ourselves and with others. Because they're probably not feeling that same themselves. And as Christians, if we can't be gentle, why would they even think about coming towards our direction? If we can't be you know, a gentle spirit in their life. And support our family. Look how lucky that is. And exercise them. You know, I was pretty much raised by my grandparents. You know, and I'm still alive today because they spent a lot of time on their knees praying for me because I didn't have a great childhood, which is why I turned sure. I mean, things run through for a reason, but I promised myself that I wasn't going to have children, and I was going to work to let them see a different way. 
emotion to mayhem. Just talking about joy and laughter. How God wants us to yes. have that side. Yes. And we have to take time for that. Because that's part of the gifts that He's given us. And that's part of slowing down and enjoying life. Yeah. And the people around us. And he was laughing in the streets. It was pouring down rain. We were sitting in my little commander. Rain's coming off the roof. And I said, you know, man, if you're ever stuck someplace, you know, in the forest or whatever, it's raining, and you're thirsty, you just grab the leaves and, you know, cut them like that, and all the water comes right in. So I reached out and I grabbed water off the roof. And she looked at me, she goes, Grandma, that roof looks dirty. I said, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the water off the wall? I said, and uh, that about water. And she goes, you're so sorry. <laughs> but something you need to know about. Mm-hmm. See all that water running down? You find something that you collect it with? It's the water. I said, you know, water doesn't originally start out on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, I've, I've heard comments too about being like, well, we don't need farmers. Like, we just buy our food at the grocery store. It's like, wow, does that fool get there? <laughs> Yeah, it's like very yeah. like cowbell kind of yeah, sound. Yeah, it's just the it sounds like. 
Well, our verse is Proverbs 17:22. I kind of feel like this should be our um, our yearly, our 2022 um, verse of the year. Mm-hmm. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So tell me what you guys saw with that. What were some of the things that jumped out at you? Because I know everyone has something with this. I'm on the wrong verse. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you'd be thinking about it while everybody else is sharing. So it's Proverbs 17.22. A joyful heart is good medicine. And it just seemed like this is the season where we have all been under attack. (laughs) Everyone on that prayer chain, everyone brings two or three people a day that something is happening to physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. For me, it was... Um, a joyful mind. Mm. So it, it starts in the mind. Do you know what I mean? If your mind is constantly, you know, with this or that or, you know what I mean? And it can be stuff or it can be a tax, mm-hmm. but it starts in the mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jill, what'd you find? Mine all kind of goes together, so you're going to get along. Go, go, go. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be long. So, um, I looked at it very, very similar to what you did. Um, it's a person's attitude affects our outlook on life, even our health. Mm-hmm. So if you have joy, trials or negative circumstances don't knock you off balance or cause stress or anxiety. And doctors are even recognizing the, the attitude or mm-hmm. the joy that um, people have or don't have has a direct effect on their healing, on their health mm-hmm. overall. Um, joy provides restoration or preservation. It invigorates the body. But a broken spirit, yours said, I think, crushed. Mm-hmm. Mine uh, referred to as broken spirit. It um, mentally um, down leads you to physical issues and or makes things worse. Uh, Makes you broken, sad, uh, dejected. Stop. So back in that pres- mm-hmm. preservation, restore, and you said one other thing. Uh, right. Um, it invigorates the body. Invigorate. <laughs> Start. Get starter. Starter dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the broken spirit. It emaciates the body. It weakens the body. And if we're uh, broken down. We won't have the strength to encourage others, mm-hmm. let alone take care of ourselves. Yeah. And just to show you guys God's timing, he is so good. Um, I was given this devotional. It was amazing. It's praying through cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's just something I do do daily. It gives just a little. It's It's women who have gone through not just breast cancer, but different kinds of cancer. Mm-hmm. And they share a, a, a spot in their life and then how God worked through that. And then there's a prayer and there's scripture and stuff. But um, so I started looking at this verse on Monday the 20th. So then the 
first, it was um, unmistakable. And I'm just going to read it because it's, it's short. It's not super long. But um, it says, having cancer was like being in love. It was all I could think about. Every brain cell was consumed with thoughts of the disease and every fiber of my body bore witness to its presence. My oldest child had stood in the doorway to my bedroom and sniffed. Wrinkling her nose, she exclaimed, it smells like a hospital in here. You smell like chemo. The chemical odor, odor was undeniable, making its way through the pores in my skin. I quietly seethed with resentment at the total takeover of my body and life. At the treatment, as the treatment dragged on, cancer seemed to have become my identity. Then, in my pondering, I began to think about what it would be like if, instead of cancer, Jesus became my identity. What would it be like if my brain cells were consumed with his thoughts and if my life gave off a sweet fragrance, unmistakably his? What would my life look like if he made a total takeover? What impact would it make on my world if I were recognized as having been with Jesus? Then it's the, the prayer is, Father God, I didn't sign up for this. Some days are pretty okay, but some are really tough. Yet I will consider the whole cancer deal worth it if in the end I look more like Jesus, sound mm -hmm. my, more like him, even smell more like him. Mm -hmm. I want it to be obvious that I've spent time with him. It's worth it if somehow I can honor you by doing by going through this experience, whatever the outcome. So I am asking you to make it worth it. Make me more like Jesus. Make it undeniably evident that you are at work in my life. Honor yourself. Help me to see this illness as your, um, from your perspective. There's not a lot I don't, un or there's a lot I don't understand. So I'm trusting you. I can't see down the road. So I'm grateful you know the beginning from the end and everything in between. Even on days when I think I'm holding on to you, I realize it's your grip on me that's keeping me together. Thanks for your unmistakable grace. Thanks to you, Lord God, who always leads me in triumphant procession in Christ. And through me spreads everywhere the fragrance of knowing of knowledge of him. And this was just a just but a, a wife, a mom of three daughters, and she's a women's ministry director. Um, then the next one that the next day was there so, a scripture that went with oh, that one? That then? was um Acts four thirteen. Okay. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and then and understood that they were uneducated and untrained. And they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Okay. So the next one, the verse is Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Wow. <laughs> and it's its title is Cancer Isn't Very Funny. But um, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, I honestly wondered if I would ever laugh again. It was hard to imagine having a really good belly laugh over anything. That's when I came home from the hospital. I sent my husband to the video store to get me every Pink Panther movie he could find. You may not enjoy Peter Sellers' slapstick comedy at the, as the bumbling Inspector Cluso, but I always have found it impossible to watch and not laugh. So I watched them all. I laughed through them all, and it was very good medicine. I am not one who believes laughter always can cure 
what ails you, but I definitely believe a cheerful heart is good medicine. My Bible footnotes at the literal translation of Proverbs 17.22 is a cheerful heart causes good healing. It is a real understatement to say that cancer isn't very funny, but it's not an overstatement to say that we, that we can find joy and even laughter in the midst of cancer or anything anybody else is going yeah. through. Right. You have to look for it, and sometimes you have to even create it for yourself. So go find something hilarious to watch. Um, and then it also had Proverbs 17.22, um, Nehemiah 8.10, and number 6. 24 through 26. I love the Nehemiah 810. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. So that was, that was my take is, I mean, even people that aren't believers, let's say, um, science is even finding. Catching up with the Bible. <laughs> that, that joy and it's it's not that you have to be happy right. all the time, because Lord knows we all go through stuff that we do not right. want to be happy. But joy, I think, is so much a difference. It is. Well, than, we were talking about that before, um, before you came, you guys came in. The difference, yeah, that is really cool. That is, is. very. I um, told something somebody uh, in church one day. I said. With her attitude, she's going to be okay. <laughs> she is going to be okay. I feel like that. And Clearly. and I think that God is showing that with, um, I have never, I have never, Jim nor I, since since we heard, have asked God to take it away. Mm. We we have not. We have asked that God use this to glorify Him, mm-hmm. whatever direction. It went, whether it was, you know, a worse stage or not at all or, you know, whatever the the case was, that um, through it, he would be glorified. Amen. And that's the joy yes. is, you know. And, and I loved how she said in there at the one point, I was holding on to you and then realized it was your grip mm-hmm. holding on to my hand. Ah. You know, not not my grip on you. It was you holding um my hand and you know and it doesn't have to be a health situation it can be yeah just our trial whatever our trial is Um, you know physical mental mm -hmm. spiritual emotional it can be any of those battles exactly some of my uh little devotionals Mm -hmm. will say you know if you're going through something and you're stressing don't you remember to reach up and hold my right hand Mm -hmm. yep yeah. This always has at the at the points of it. It has today's tips and stuff, and um, it, uh, it. It. I actually was sent this book from um, one of the, the well, the state leader of Christian Challenge. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Susan Sorensen, <clears throat> who's one of the writers, is his sister-in-law. Okay. Um, the other lady, um, Laura Geist, um, was taken from cancer, mm-hmm. um, but she has had some amazing things in here um it it on that one day that you know cancer isn't very funny it's you know 
laughter is like yawning. It's contagious. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, go find somebody to laugh with. Little babies with. laugh. Um, <laughs> you know, so well, it's... I, I like oh how you said gosh. you have to look for it or create it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if it's going out and finding... For for us in my house, um, it would be Mel Brooks movies. Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> Young Frankenstein is Jim's favorite, so... Yeah. When we went to that last conference over in Prescott, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just stuck with me through whatever trial's happening. Cry about it, do whatever you got to do, and then step out of that and mm-hmm. do what you need, you know, or mm-hmm. ask Listen God. Yeah, mm-hmm. ask God to help you what, what you need and, to do. And God can handle you being upset and you being sad and Right, because it's a drag. Angry Whatever's happening whatever. is a drag. He can drag. handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of them I think I'd mentioned, you know, pity party. And that was one of the things in this book is it's not wrong to have a pity party. Just remember to invite Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> because so he he'll bring the hope. He brings the, you know, all of the the positive that you know, balances out all the honoriness that we have. And the, what did you find, my, my English major over there, <laughs> with your different things? What did you find out? Well, I went directly to basically pulling every word and looking it up. What does it mean? And cheery, I was surprised, uh, Mary, Blythe, Blyslam, bright, buoyant, cheery, chipper, and ungrudgingly. Hmm. That one kind of was like, because I guess Ungrudgingly is different. Yeah. <sighs> but. but good medicine, what that phrase meant, is it's a conduit for healing and wellness. Mm-hmm. Even if that's a scientific, you know, explanation for it, it is for us as well. You know, our goodness, and for me, comes from the word. When I'm away from the word is when I start to feel my cheeriness go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it goes away, and it's hard to get back. But crushed spirit, this is what one gentleman said. He says, our spirit is our inner light, our power source, our energy, our electricity, that which connects us to God, to ourselves, and to those around us. To have a crushed spirit, depleted and destroyed, drains the life right out of us. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean... Mm-hmm. That's a much deeper meaning than what it sounds like when I first read the scripture. Yeah, but it's very, very true. Well, you think of dry bones. Yeah, and then I mean, yeah. Elisha and all of that. You know, it's talked about, and then you know the guy who fell on dry bones. You know, all that. I mean, just well, so the gentleman also said about dries up the bones. He says that just takes away your strength and it mm-hmm. makes you hurt all over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nothing is things good. break. When the bones are yes. dried. Mm-hmm. Well, and what I saw on the good medicine is it doesn't cause side effects. It, mm. Good medicine heals quickly, efficiently, effectively. It, and I found the same thing, a conduit to healing and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you're right, it comes from the Word. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the Word, and what I have found just over this last, it's been so telling to me, um, because I'm usually running at 100%. And I've dropped down to like 30%, 40%, you know, in the early times. And I'm like, I'm just such a miserable person. And, you know, like Corley told me the other day, I don't even want to wash my face. You, you know, when you're in that place, you don't... Does that matter? Nothing matters, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's where Satan can really attack Mm-hmm. And if you don't stay firm and resolved to the Word of God, 
he can just shove you and slap you and push you all around the place. Um, and it's hard. I mean, I don't want to take my vitamins. You know, I don't want to do anything. I want to swallow. I don't want to. I can't. I can't. Well, like she said, the first thing was attitude. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, you get in that place. And I turn to my granddaughter sure. and I'm like, do I look okay? I'm, I'm good? And she goes, and so I went in there. And it took minutes. Wash your face. Put your face on, run a brush through your hair instead of your fingers, and you come out, and then you you look at yourself, and you're like, okay, I'm better. I feel better. Yeah. I'm better. You know, thank you, Jesus. Attitude adjustment. Yeah. Well, and the joyful heart. I kind of looked at joy and happiness. I was telling Linda, and that I felt like happiness was more fleeting. It was more mm-hmm. situational. Mm-hmm. Um, depended on what was going on for joy is something that is in you that that is available to all Christians. Our Lord makes it available to all of us to have that kind of joy. And the the crushed spirit was, yeah, same thing. I found the same thing you did, was that um, it dries up the bones. And, and they, the some of the, I was looking at Warren Wears, Wearsby this time, and, you know, he was saying that, the crushed spirit that dries up the bones is not a broken spirit of repentance, which draws you to right, Christ. Right, right. But it is it re, um, it's the repentance that restores you to the Lord, and that's what the the um, that kind of repentance does. And that you cannot rejoice if you cannot come to the Lord, and with whatever you cannot, you're not going to be able to rejoice. And when you look at the joyful heart. Um, I mean, like all through the scripture, it talks about it, um, that it's rejoicing in the Lord is serving him with gladness and, and taking the comfort of outward enjoyments. And um, the book of Psalms talks about we rejoice in the Lord and the goodness he has made. Our joy glorifies God. And when, we're jo- and when our joy is glorifying God, it benefits us with our physical health, our mental health our spiritual health, every part of us is benefiting by that. And then those around you from that mm-hmm. are benefiting from mm-hmm. it because you have more of Jesus in you, so that's pouring out to those around you, so you're able to encourage and, you know, love on and such, I think. Well, but, go ahead. I was going to say, you and I were talking about, because I told Cora, she is always... You know, I feel so much grace, you know, with everything that she goes through. And she said, but if I could only have that at home, you know, I could have that kind of grace at home. And boy, it's hard. It's hard with you when you're with your family. I can come over here and fake it at church way better. It's not that I've got all that joy, but I'm really trying to pull it together. But I get home and, you know, it's where I... You're tired, you're hurt, you're, you know, things are going on and... You know, but I along those lines, so I was sharing with my son who lives with us, who suffers severely from depression. He's got health issues. And so we're there together, you know. And so I opened up to him and told him, what's going on with me? And so now, instead of us feeding off the negativity of each other, how are you doing, Mom? Get a hug. You know, we're we're encouraging each other. We're laughing. We try and joke about stuff instead of... Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Did you, did you pick up your clothes? You know, I, I need your clothes down here so I can wash it. And he's like, 
mom, I got my clothes. This is kind of dirty. These are good. This doesn't need to be cleaned yet. You know what I mean? And if you go gather it all, you know, so he told me that. But I'm, you know, ridiculous. It needs to be done. You know, just wash it all. And so he calls me again. Mom, you heard what I said about my clothes, right? You know? So, yeah. So I have to, he need, I need boundaries with him. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's better. <laughs> it's better. Yeah. No, I mean for you know we're uh-huh. more between ha- you we're and happy. him. We're right. happier. Right. Satan's not able to get in there and attack. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we both, you know, we we've, we've made that clear that we are such, you know, under attack. Him and mm-hmm. his issues, and mine and mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, one of the things that Linda and I were talking about earlier was that you and she mentioned it again is just being in the Word. And you have to be in the word. If you let that drop, and it's not eight o'clock in the morning, now it's I got to get in the word. It's that joy of digging for something the Lord's going to say to you today. You know, looking for that treasure that's going to be excited. Excited. It's going to be there. I don't have to do this. This is something I get to do, something I want to do. So as I was going through verses, in Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, it says, "Your words are found, and I ate them. In your word, and them in in your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name." So you get that rejoicing when you're going in and you're digging in His words, eating them. Psalms nineteen eight says, "The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart." When you know God's statues, when you're reading God's statues, and you're holding on to His statutes. You're rejoicing in your heart. It says, Psalms 19, 111 says, Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I mean, it's like an inheritance to us to be able to have this. A joyful heart is available to all of us. We don't have to go around sad. That's not even what the Lord wants for us. We don't have to um, be that person that's, always got the frown on his face. He wants us to be joyful and and people will be drawn to that and drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Before you go, what was that? Jeremiah what, Susie? Jeremiah was one of the first. 15, 16. Okay, thanks. Um, James 1, 2 says, count it all joy, my <laughs> brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's finding that the Lord didn't just say that so we could say, oh, right. You know, there is a truth in that. So how do we grasp that truth? How many times does he talk about joy? Yeah. In his words. Uh, absolutely. I mean, why can't I get in there and get myself <laughs> together? He, This is something he's given me. And count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, I do believe Jill is going to walk away from this mm-hmm. cancer and she's going to turn around and she is mm-hmm. she's saying it now thank you lord i know that there's some joy and some and something is going to come out of this i can tell you when i was going through cancer i don't know that i felt quite that excited about it but um i had mostly good days mm-hmm. and now i can turn back and say i thank you lord jesus for that cancer i can see your hand on it now i thank you that i had that even though I was scared at the time, I mean, I mean, how old was I? I was like, gosh, it's been a long time. A long time. Maybe I was 40. I don't even know if I was 40 yet. Was it breast cancer? Breast cancer. Oh. 
And I don't, I was young. I was super young. And my mom. Topped her 50s, so yeah. Yeah, my mom had died, you know, and I had already done all the prophylactic mastectomies and did all the reconstructive surgery and then to still have cancer. But now I can look back on it and I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, I want to, I want, I wished at that time I could have said, thank you, Lord. I know your hand is on this. I was so young and so young in my relationship. But, you know, I can look back now and I can see his hands all over me holding me. Um, and, it, and it's, he was there. He was faithful. It's, even if it is for me just to be closer to God, that is already working. Because yeah. I have been more faithfully in his word. I've, 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 I feel like I've trusted him since my, I It's like you could my, say it, now you can actually. But I mean, because we've, you know, we've gone from one calling to another, and I've trusted what he has told us, and that we've followed what he wanted. But it's, I don't know the last time I have daily been in his word, and for the last 30 days, every single day, to some degree or another. Now, other days are way deeper than, right. than others, yeah, but yeah. A, a day has not gone by that I have not actually opened this. I do the U version, and you always have the verse of the day. Right, well, and, and sometimes and when stuff, we do that, it's, it's like, I just read it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then, you know what I mean? Sometimes, but to actually open right. his word, not not on my phone, not on an app, whatever, but to... And, boy, Jim always talks about when somebody passes, he gets their Bible. I have several Bibles. um, And looks at it. But they're going to be really, like, crazy. Because I have every every verse that they talked about in this little devotional, I have underlined and written the date. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of my Bible, I have when I was diagnosed. And so it may make sense to somebody who picks up the book later and sees why 22 has, 2022 has so many (laughs) such going on. But even if it's just for me to be closer to God. Yeah. Right. Because when you're saying that, I wrote down here, you know, you, you're reading the word, see what it's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just read it, you know, and okay, mm-hmm. did my devotional, check. you know, yeah. check. Do okay, check you got to read over here, you know what I mean? Check, got to wash yeah. the clothes, check, got to make some breakfast, you know? check, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 And so, and then also too, so how you, your walk has been that and that. So, and others, somebody told me too, I mean, not to me, but they said, yeah, maybe, maybe you have some other little gods. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Preoccupying it's your taking time or doing this or that it. or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Hebrews 2, 12, 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And I think, you know, he didn't just like begrudgingly drag himself to the cross. It was, there was joy set before him to go to the cross. You know, I can't even, it wasn't happiness, yeah. but there was a joyful, calm peace in him to do that. I, it, I just can't even imagine it. Psalms fifty-five, twelve. you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. So how do we have that joy in us? Be in his presence. Mm-hmm. Call on him, be in his presence. 
Um, I'm going to skip that one because I'm actually going to talk about that Nehemiah. First um, Thessalonians 2.20, for you are our glory and joy. Um, when we look at the application, I thought nothing to me was more applicable than Nehemiah. So I just kind of went through like quickly each chapter, you know, what was happening. So these guys come in the chapter one in Nehemiah and his brother comes and he says, hey, what's happening with all those people that escaped the exile back there? And the brother tells him it's pretty bad. They survived, but they are in trouble. And the gates of Jerusalem have been burnt down and Jerusalem is broken. So Nehemiah is sad and he mourns and he cries for days and he fasts and he prays and he asks God, what should we do? He confessed the sins of the Jewish people and remind of God of what he said. And the Lord said, if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. So he reminds God, this is what you said, Lord, and look at what's happening. So Nehemiah, he's the cupbearer for the king, so he's got a pretty cushy job. And he goes before the king, and the king looks at him. Hey, what's wrong with you? You don't look good. Nehemiah tells the story of what's going on, asks permission to go to Jerusalem, see what he can do. And he takes some men with him, and but he doesn't tell anybody what they're going there for. And um, when... There was a guy there, I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, Sanballat and Tobiah and um, Gisham, and they heard about it and they started jeering and despised us. And I think, doesn't Satan always send someone to discourage you? When things are down, your, your spirit is crushed, your bones are drying up, <laughs> and then here comes Satan to send someone to jeer at you, to discourage you. Um... And I think this is especially true when you feel like the Lord has told you something, you know, something that you should do. You're going to get more pushback at that time. But I feel like I really, when I am not physically well, that I can really come under attack at that time. So chapter three, he get, Nehemiah gets there, gathers up the remnants, gets everybody starting to work on rebuilding Jerusalem. We get to four, chapter four, and Sanballat, and his gang, they're angry. They don't want this to happen. They start jeering, discouraging the people. Satan doesn't want us to do the work of God. And when we are physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally beat down, we are the most vulnerable for him to come in and, and attack like that. But Nehemiah cries out to God again, Hear us, O God, uh, for we are despised. Turn back their taunts on their own heads. Give them up for plunder in the land where they will be captives. Do not cover their guilt and don't let their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of these builders. So go on, Nehemiah, do it. <laughs> and But just like Satan does to you and I, Sam Ballot and his boys, they continue to try and create discouragement and havoc. And Nehemiah and the Jewish brothers continue to work in spite of it. I think when we have that group around us, I mean, I, I think about my little plants at home. My my sweet peas are really coming in now, and they like to hold on to each uh -huh. other. And I think about, it reminds me of how when we're having this attack, like our 
women's group seems to have been just everyone attacked. Mm-hmm. We are strong when we're holding on to each mm-hmm. other and praying. Mm-hmm. And that's when Satan will want to attack us the most. Mm-hmm. We need to just cling our little fingers to each other like my sweet peas. Mm-hmm. Cling to each other. And we are going to say, Lord, smite them over there. They're trying to hurt us. <laughs> so tw- after 25 days, the wall is built. and We're in chapter 7. And the exiles begin to return from all around. And they start counting the numbers. So-and-so numbers are coming in from this group and this group. Ezra reads the law and Nehemiah's words. And then he says to them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing. Ready for the day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We will be strong when we have the joy of the Lord in us. It's not a giddy happiness. It's a calm, secure, um, trusting trusting presence that lives in us. And we have that. It's an inheritance from God to us. We have that. We get our little tentacles, hold on to each other, pray for that joy for each other. And this attack that our little women's group seems to be under you know, it's just not going to take us down because our Lord has told us that joy is available for all of us and that joy is strength. Um, I looked at Warren Wiersbe again. He said the secret of Christian joy is to believe that God says in his word, is to believe what he says in his word and to act on it. Faith based on the word will produce joy that will weather the storms of life. So it's, it's that believing it reading it, sticking into it, grabbing hold of your sister tentacles, praying for each other, which I think we really do, and I think it's kept our heads above water. Um, We get to chapter 9. The people confess their sins, and not only did they return to the towns that they came from, they turned back to the Lord. Because if you remember way back, the reason they were all in in exile, Daniel and his group and all those people were in exile is because the Lord had warned them and warned them and warned them and they didn't turn back. And so this was what happened because they didn't turn back. And now with Nehemiah, they came back and not just to their towns, but to the Lord. So I just love Nehemiah, one of my favorite, favorite um, books in the Bible is, is Nehemiah. What I think is is just showing that how much God is in the details, especially in this with with Nehemiah, is the king allowing oh, yeah. him, yeah, who who was not no, one the of king God's of Babylonia, men, um, you know, you know that he allowed. I mean, because again, the cupbearer that was a cushy job, but it was an important, important job. job. Yes, um, and so he was going to have to train or find somebody to mm-hmm. replace Nehemiah. But not only did he allow Nehemiah to do that, but he also gave him safe passage to get there. Had the letter or whatever they did back in the day that he would be able to go to and build the walls. Well, and I think um, if I'm remembering this correctly, somebody check me out if it doesn't sound right. I believe Nehemiah became the governor of Jerusalem and Ezra was the priest. That I'm pretty sure. But I think he actually ended up staying and not going back and he ended up being the governor of, of um, Jerusalem. You know, but God working through those kind yes, of details. Yes, those kind that, of details. You know, he could have said no and, you know, knocked him out of that cushy right. job. And don't right. you know, praise you, Lord, because 
those things that he did thousands of years ago, he is doing today and will continue to do today Mm -hmm. and shows us the pattern of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. I just loved this one. This was so good. Mm -hmm. Did you pick it or did Kim? I did. I did. What, What Kim did was she pulled out a ton of verses that had to do with the heart mm-hmm. because our theme is rebel heart right so then when we went through we got to pick the ones we wanted to teach on and um i always say i'm the substitute teacher she's the real teacher and so you know she picked out things and we're kind of near the end of what verses and so when i was looking through it, what verses were left i was like whoa this is like the most appropriate verse for this time <laughs> yeah again god's well, and, and two with the, because I, you know, I go to the other church and ours is set up in an email. So how it's in your guys is how it's with the text message. Mm-hmm. So you get a little ding and I mean, you could for the emails mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, you can, you can, and you can look back and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get way too many dings, so mine's on mute. <laughs> because because with whoever has Apple phones, the dark side, um, <laughs> Me. all of the hearts and the all of that. So yeah. I have this much based off of Angie's. Uh, you go through all of that. So I had to put mine on mute, especially well, when I was my, working. I just so I, I just get the mute the I, I just mute the little um, notifications. Yeah, I mean, I still have it there, so oh, I, I always do, do. check yeah. it. Oh, I'm constantly. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's not ding, ding. yeah, it it shows how many yeah. how many texts I have, right. but it doesn't do the ding ding. Yeah. Well, so every once in a while, I'll put how warriors, and it, it makes me think how this group we take and we're warriors and we're locking mm-hmm. shields yeah. every time that you know what I mean mm-hmm. that we're just taking and locking shields yeah. and you know. Part of the armor yeah, of God. Making right. it making it harder for Satan to attack us, but still, you know, those little darts sneak in here and there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so. you still have the the strength through all through of the yeah. lifted up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Being held up together. It is amazing. Well, yeah. ladies, anything else we want to add to this verse? No, I agree. It was good. It was a good verse. All We're right. 